Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. This is a roundtable edition. I'm Ralph Quartucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm Michelle Wojcikowski, but you can call me Wojo. I'm Brad Barelli, see? I'm John Quartucci, see? <laughs> I'm Drew Gould, but if you want, you can also call me Wojo. <laughs> you can call me Wojo. I will. You can call me Wojo. And who are you? So, before we get started, well, not you didn't introduce yourself. Who didn't? You. What? You. I, the first thing I said is he I'm started. Ralph. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, let's, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do it sticky though, like you guys. So I but, mean, that's probably what confused. Ralph. Me. Ralph. Before you say anything, can I just say one thing, please? Yes, please. Richard Donner died yesterday. I was going to bring it up, but go big ahead. loss. And as yeah. everyone out there knows, I am a huge superman the motion picture fan uh he did a lot of great stuff i had no idea he was 91 years old I, when i found that out i was i was actually shocked uh yeah. but uh did, made a lot of great films lethal weapon the goonies the omen uh and from what i understand a really good guy but again for me when i think of richard donner i think of superman and we actually did a show on that which i'll put in the link underneath but uh all these marvel movies and dc movies wouldn't exist if donner didn't do what he did with superman first time they ever took it seriously so rest Rest in peace, Richard Donner. Yeah, and his uh, commentaries Donner. are his commentaries are pretty good. Like that, yeah, the, that Superman two that he did, yeah, took him off the that Donner one. cut. Yeah, and the, he does the whole commentary on that. Yeah, I, I always get him and Walter Hill confused for some reason. You know, the guy who did the Warriors, but yeah, well, is Walter but, Hill still alive? I think he might be. That's a big. There's clue the there. difference. Yeah, well, I, I got to thank you, but you know, when I think, okay, but yes, <laughs> tough crowd. All the lethal weapons. Yes, it yeah. is a tough crowd. Yeah. All right, Maverick. About Donner's movies, particularly the '80s and '90s, he had a really bright look. You know, there was a lot of light. I, I view like his action movies, like Lethal Weapon and all. The lighting of them, as soon as I see the lighting, I know exactly the era. You know, I mean, earlier his films like Superman and. Um, you know, the omen and all were more, you know, less, dis- you know, the sameness. But I thought, I think his lighting is, you know, I just, I'm just transported back when I see the lighting that he would use in the, um, his films from the 90s to that period. The yeah. omen was kind of a, uh, risk for him, right? That was some controversy with that one. I forget this, you know, stuff I was reading about it, but, um, was this Superman was his first? Was that not his first? No. That Omen was, was his first. He got oh, Superman. Okay, so Omen was because before. of the Omen. That's okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Omen's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, scary that's movie. A, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. And the well, trailer used to scare the crap out of me when I was a kid. Not anymore. You figured that out kid that was scary. Looking. It's just a movie. It's only <laughs> that a movie. Kid was scary. Yeah, well, I thought it was an even more scary Damien. trailer when we were growing up. And then I'll let you take over with the gangster movies. But when we were growing up, Brad and I joke. Um, um, the movie It's Alive terrifying trailer when you're a little kid terrifying i watched that movie and as a as an adult and couldn't stop laughing it's so bad okay yeah well omen omen was there's some scenes that that's one scene where the woman hangs herself at the party at the birthday party i mean for you damien for you yeah there's a lot of cool stuff in that one um Mm -hmm. all right well yes our themes today are gangster films now there's a bit of a confusion. Are mafia films gangster films? Yeah. I, I, I think John was questioning that. Maybe Drew, maybe John, I forget who, 
uh, whether a, whether a gangster, whether as a mafia film, a gangster film. I said yes because, I mean, man, we did Donnie Brasco. That's a gangster film. That's oh, well, that's my movie I brought today. What are you doing? What? I'm just kidding. Sorry. Didn't mean that. Spoiler, alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. All right. So we're establishing that mafia movies are gangster films. Well, no, you guys are establishing that. I am you not. Don't so, so The Godfather is not about gangsters. No. No, no, it's it about, is about, but when I think, when you tell me gangster film, a certain thing pops into my head. I know, head. and it's Jimmy Hendrix. When Jimmy Mafia, right. I, I, another thing pops into my head, and they're not cross currents. So that's why I look at them differently. Okay. Well, the, Godfather, the Godfather movies are about family, like the Fast and the Furious movies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How dare you put Great fast. call out. Yeah. Great call out. Drew. Well, I don't know. I would put Godfather 3 in the same category as Fast and Furious films. Yeah, I've seen more Fast and Furious films than I've seen Godfather 3, so I can't speak to that. Uh, you know what? Godfather 3 gets much more, it's much maligned, and, and, and frankly, it deserves it, but it's not that bad. I mean, he, the, the mistake he made is putting his daughter in there. That was the biggest. Look, if the other two movies didn't exist, it would have been a decent movie, but when you compare it to the first. Well, you two, can't, you can't. Right. I mean, but that's what I mean. That's why he took such bad I hits. I mean, so. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's how we'll start this premise. So let's start with, uh, Sean and Debbie. What'd you, what's your, what's your gangster film that you brought to the table? Well, we brought a separate one. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm going to go with, um, well, of course, my favorite gangster film is Godfather one. My second favorite gangster film is Godfather two. My third is Goodfellas, but I wouldn't bring any of those because I think those all deserve a special episode. You know, okay. a solo episode. It's funny. You wait, wait. You find you you like Godfather One better than Godfather Two. Well, as a gangster film, I like Godfather One because it's more it's more action oriented. As a, as a regular film, Godfather as a character study, Godfather Two is probably the better of the films. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a better film, but they're both- as an action film, I don't think Godfather One Two would have been as successful if it was the first film released if, if it had that kind of tone. I think maybe, people maybe. accepted the tone of the second film because of, you know, all the shooting and all of the first film. Well, they also, those characters were beloved yeah, as gangsters. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, okay. So what, what did you actually bring then? I brought in 1980s The Long Good Friday. Oh. I think it is easily the best British gangster film ever made. It's an absolutely we'll about that. terrific film. John McKenzie, <laughs> who's done like uh, Fourth Protocol and all. But, you know, it's... It, you know, you don't look at it. You don't say, well, this is a, you know, a John McKenzie film and it's bare. I forgot the screenwriter. This was his only feature. I mean, he what's a John McKenzie film? What's another John McKenzie film that we like would know? Like Fourth Protocol. Okay. And, um, like I said, that we would know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, to me, I like that film. So, okay. You know, I, you know, he, he's, he's, that's what, but part of that's what I mean. This film stands out in the careers of everyone involved, except maybe Bob Hoskins. This is the film that made Bob Hoskins a star. He had been in some TV series. Yeah. But him him as um this gangster, he was freaking unbelievable. It's a fantastic I'm, film. Yeah. He's a short guy. He's like a built like a barrel balding, you know, and he is completely tough, but it's a very complex performance, you know, because he's a guy who views himself as a businessman, but he's really an animal. But he's also very sentimental. He can be very vulnerable. And um but this it's a it's a towering performance. I mean, 
you know, it made it made him a star. You know, it made this short, kind of heavy set British band like a leading man. Well, don't you think Roger Rabbit made him a superstar? Like, like he would never have gotten Roger. Uh, that's not my. I know, but he. Yeah. I think no, he most, became a mainstream superstar with, with, with Roger, Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, but he wouldn't I mean, have got he, Roger he, Rabbit if he wasn't like our, Mona Lisa. Yeah. Right. He wouldn't have got Roger Rabbit without doing those other films. That's yeah. true. So I mean, but, but this. You know, I mean, the film is at times extremely brutal. And let me sure. just summarize the plot. You know, uh, Bob Hoskins plays a British gangster who has been the boss of London underground underworld for about 10 years. And this is the Thatcher boom. And he's put together, he's acquired all this waterfront property and he's doing a huge industrial development that he feels will put Lon- reestablish London as the world capital. And this over this weekend, he's bringing, he's planning to finance it in part with mafia money. So he has guests, you know, mafia leaders, a mafia leader coming over to look at it. And it looks great. And it's Easter weekend, obviously the long good Friday. And suddenly his world just completely falls apart. You know, his, his limousine is blown up. A pub he restored is blown up. There's a bomb in one of his casinos. Yeah, every time he pulled up, something blew up. Every time yeah, he like every, he, everywhere he went, something was blown. Right, he's showing as the business partner that, that he brought in. They pull up the the the, the pub blows up. Everything is gone. Yeah, so it's like everyone, and he has like no idea. He's assuming he's battling that's one of his previous underworld ri- rivals who he's got all cowed. There's a great scene where he calls to get into all of his rivals. He has them hanging upside down on right. meat hooks. Yeah, they show that. That's in the trailer. Uh, that's a fabulous scene. And, yeah. um, and, but ultimately he discovers he's battling the IRA because of a misunderstanding. That's right. You know? Yeah. And, um, and he thinks he can just beat them. And even his police connections are like, we, the government's been fighting them for, you know, 60 years and we can't beat them. You just can't go in and beat them. And, um, and really the probably the best film is at the end. The scene, the best scene in the film is at the end when he sort of he realizes that he's been captured and that he's going to die and it, and it's this long shot it has a great the movie has a great theme song that goes throughout it and he's sitting in the back of his car and it, the realization is that he's going to die and it's sort of like he goes through without saying a word like those whole you know five levels of uh grief or yeah. denial a denial and all yeah. and ex- through acceptance yeah as he his wife does, don't they kill his wife too? There's no, something. he sees his wife like trying to get out of another car. He sent right. her in a limousine ahead and he sees that she's a prisoner too. Right. Great performance by Helen Mirren in the right. film. Right. You know, so this is. Yeah. Good, good choice. That's a good one. Yeah. I, you know, Pete, I really strongly, it's very hard to see. It's not streaming anywhere, but on Criterion. And there's really no, there's not a good Blu-ray out of it. I, uh, I was looking for my DVD. Because I've been wanting to watch it for like two weeks and I haven't been able to. I own it on Laserdisc. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> really, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, of course. So, Debbie, yeah. what's your film? I think you went in a different direction. Yeah, I went with uh, Some Like It Hot, Marilyn Monroe. Oh, it's funny. I didn't even know. I forgot that was a gangster film. Yeah, that to me yeah. is my – it's like one of my top ten movies. Um, Marilyn Monroe, oh, she sizzles in that movie. Uh, Tony Curtis. He, he Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemmon, yep. but, uh, the scene that I like the best, well, when you see uh, Marilyn Monroe in that dress, you know, that dress, as I saw that movie when I was just young, and I said, man, she is naked. <laughs> you know, that dress was yeah. just it's 
see-through, but she handled that dress so well, you know, she just pulled it off like it was, like it was nothing. I wanted to, which to pull it, it off. Was, to which it was nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. But the premise of that film is what? Uh, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon are running away from the mob or something. They witnessed the, uh, they they the, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Okay. So they dress and up as, and they dress up as women to go. To That's your own, right. To so they're in, they're in bed with Marilyn Monroe and they're like hanging out as girlfriends. Right. Yeah. 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 And then the, they go, and then they go to this resort where all these Florida. millionaires are, but little do they realize that the gangsters are going there to have a right. gangland meeting. The people they're running away from. And it's just so beautiful. And Joe E. Brown falls in love with Jack Lemon. Greatest last line in movie yep. history. Oh, yep. yeah. Nobody's perfect. Right? Yeah. Is that what he says? Yeah. I can't have children. We'll adopt. I'm a man. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm two for two. I have that on Laserdisc as well. That's so a great uh, uh, Debbie, have you ever say... seen the making of that and what a nightmare it was uh, to work with Marilyn Monroe? Yeah. Billy Wilder directed that, and he talks about it. There was one scene where she walks in and says, uh, where's the bourbon? And it took her 50 takes. She couldn't get the line out, and they ended up having a they, – they had it shot from her back and then dubbed in the words, and it, it was very frustrating. But when you watch the movie, you would never know that because she's so good in it, and the way they play off her is so great. You would never know that they had all those troubles. But all, it's, 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 all she had to say was, where's the bourbon? Yeah. Yeah. That is what, was, what was the problem? Was she- the problem was she had an acting coach, a woman. And whenever she would do a scene, she wouldn't look to Billy Wilder. She would look to the acting coach. Oh. Yeah, she was very which caused a lot of problems. And she wouldn't do anything without the acting coach. That's a, one of the first times where she started, you know, she was sick. So she would miss a week. You know, it, it got really tough on all of them. But uh, uh, like Tony Curtis uh, was pretty rough on her. Uh, Jack Lemon. Uh, when I when I listen to the way they talk, he was much more forgiving, even though it was really difficult for him. Tony Curtis wasn't as nice about it because she, she really made it difficult for them all. But the movie wouldn't be what it is without her in it as good as she was. And it's one of the it, it's a really, really funny movie that still mm-hmm. holds. Uh, it still works today. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And the laughs are still there. The quality really of the good. lighting was there, too. Was- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of my favorite lines from that movie is, um, my goosebumps have goosebumps. Yeah. I still, you know, that is and, like so. And awesome. Tony Curtis doing the whole Cary Grant ripoff. Oh, I love that. God. That was you're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> that's where uh, Stoney Curtis from the Flintstones. Remember that's Stoney right. Curtis? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's that I've seen. <laughs> uh, this is... Um, you see, I wouldn't have thought. I, I thought that be did a really excellent choice because I wouldn't have thought that it could include that in the gangster quality. Yeah, that would never, not in a million years. But it's a but great, it really it's does. a great it choice. Really no, it's a great choice. And George Draft, George Raft was Spatch, right? Yeah, it was George yeah, Raft, right? Yeah, yeah. So who who so, did all the gangster films in the thirties? Yeah, so. and he had gang connections too. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that that was right. a good pull. Good pull. Yeah. Way to pull Excellent call. By the way, if you have not seen that movie, it's hilarious. Definitely see that movie. You know, and I want to say one thing. It's funny because Joey Brown, I think, in modern cinema mind, was is really remembered only for that movie. But right. he did a yeah. series of yeah. terrific comedy. Yeah. He was big. Thirties. Yeah. He was big. Paramount. He was a big star. Yeah. But this is what people remember him for. And so. he was a great baseball player. He did um, what 
Alibi Jones or something. Yeah. Did a great yeah. baseball movie. Yeah. He was actually a very good baseball look at, player. Look at the information you're getting in this podcast. Joe E. Brown. Yep. Yeah. They used to show him on our local station on Sunday mornings. I you remember know, all him this doing stuff. this, right? Yep. Yeah. He looked, I think he looks like Burt Lahr. I yeah, guess, he does. Him and Burt Lahr look very similar from The yeah. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Oh, the Lion. Oh. oh, The Lion. Okay. All right. For those uh, who did not know that. Anything else, Debbie, on that one or? Oh, that's a bit, that's about it. I just thought right. uh, excellent choice, uh, James Cagney. Uh, I'm sorry, John Quartrusi. What do you got? Well, you know, I went a different route, and uh, so let me tell you what I did. When I think of gangster movies, I think of Tommy guns. I think of gun malls. I think of black and white. I think of Humphrey Bogart. I think of Jimmy Cagney, and I struggled with this because. Uh, Cagney made some great gangster films. The first one was uh, Public Enemy. Then he made the movie I'm going to talk about. Then it was The Roaring Twenties and White Heat. And he's probably best known for White Heat for that last scene, Top of the World, Ma. And he was a sociopath in it. But the one I'm going to pick is Angels with Dirty Faces. It starred Cagney, Bogart, Ann Sheridan, Pat O'Brien. And the reason why I'm picking it, I'm picking for a couple of reasons. One, all the tropes of gangster films from that point on, all the parodies are based on this movie. The two, uh, the two kids grow up together. One's a good kid. One's a not so good kid. Uh, one of them goes to jail. One of them becomes a priest. Uh, and you see that in, in parodies today. You see that all the time. But the other reason I picked it was Jimmy Cagney, every impressionist who does Jimmy Cagney, you know, does this, you dirty rat, right with the shoulders. The only movie he ever did that in was this movie. And he did it because back uh, where he was from, there was a pimp that used to do that and, and shake his head. So he did that in this one movie. And he, I saw an interview of him when he was like in his 70s. And he goes, I don't know what it is, but I did that in one movie. And every impressionist does that. I don't do that all the time. Uh, so the, 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 the thrust of the movie is he gets out of jail. His lawyer, played by Humphrey Bogart, ripped him off of all the money he owed him. Now they're trying to kill him. And then uh, it ends up and, – and now, this was uh, at the time in movies where crime couldn't pay off. So if you committed a crime in the movies in the 30s, you had to pay the price for it. So this was really the first movie where it was the, the uh, hoodlum with the heart of gold because he kills a lot of people in this movie. Uh, so he's not a nice guy, but they do it in a way – oh, I'm sorry. Let me backtrack a little bit. This also featured the dead-end kids – who became the Bowery Boys, who had their own movies. And their their whole reason why they were there, they were uh, juvenile delinquents who looked up to Jimmy Cagney as their idol. He was amazing, you know, with all the money and he was tough and all this stuff. Well, at the end, these, these guys that are trying to kill him are going to kill his priest friend. So once he knows that's going to happen, he turns on them, kills the people that are going to kill the priest. Now the cops surround him. And the famous scene is at the end, he's walking to the electric chair. Again, the trope of walking down the hallway to the electric chair. And the priest says to him, you know, these kids idolize you. Will you pretend to be afraid? And Cagney's like, I'm not going to do that. I mean, you, he's going to spit in all the cops' eyes and all this other stuff. He goes, you can't ask me to do that. He goes, these kids worship you. He goes, no, I'm not going to do it. And, and the way they shot this was just fantastic. So the camera's on Pat O'Brien's face. And all of a sudden, you hear Cagney's voice. No, 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 I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And the way they shot it, 
All you could see is a shadow. The only time you could see him, his hand was clutching onto a radiator as the cops are trying to pull him away. So he ends up doing that. And, and Pat O'Brien's saying a prayer and there's a little tear down his eye. And then the next scene is all the newspapers calling. Uh, his name was Rocky Sullivan, calling him a coward. He was yellow. And the whole, question, the whole question about the movie was, was he a coward or did he just pretend? And when Cagney was asked about it, he wouldn't give a definitive answer because he said, I want the audience to decide if, if he really was a coward or not. But Cagney, you know, this was 39. Uh, yeah, 39. This was at the height of Cagney's career. He's so good in it and so likable. And the other thing, and this is a, uh, you, uh, like uh, Sean just said, that you can't find this movie anywhere. I had to find it online for some obscure site. No streaming <laughs> service had it. Uh, and, and one of the things that I laughed about, uh, they showed the two main characters as youngsters and whoever the kid was who played Jimmy Cagney sounded just like him. It was, it was crazy yeah, how much hilarious. he sounded. Yeah, it really did. It sounded like him, but this has got all the, the tropes of gangster movies when I think of a gangster movie. And, uh, uh contemporarily, I, I thought like Untouchables. I would have picked Untouchables if not for the thirties movies. Cause to me, that's a gangster movie, but this is the one, if you haven't seen it and if you have any interest in Jimmy Cagney, Great movie uh, that kind of sets the bar for all future gangster movies. I'm going to bring up another cartoon. Uh, the only thing I knew about Cagney or the, was that the, the gangsters and uh, uh, Bugs Bunny, you know, those two guys. Uh, they're two <laughs> One was Edward great. G. Robinson. Oh, nice. is that what that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, we're going to get the rabbit. We're going to get him. See? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I've never Has seen anyone that seen film. it, by the way? Has anyone seen it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. We actually had the DVD, but Debbie gave, I got the uh, Warner Brothers gangster box. Debbie gave, Angels with dirty faces as some of the kids at our church. Oh man, we have. Oh, son of a. Hey, they wrote a gangster movie. So oh. Debbie's like, here, take a look at this. Take a part. look at this, but you know, oh wow, never got it. Back. Never got it back. Wow. Yeah. Damn kids at church. Damn, damn gangsters <laughs> stole it from you. Really good. Uh, they wrote a really good screenplay. It was called Blood Brothers. Yeah. And it was about Blood Brothers. faces. I mean, it was like a, it was similar. Similar. One goes good. Their one goes screenplay. bad. So but they then, were ripping it off without knowing yeah. it. That's the trope, though. Well, they watched it, you said. Did they Johnny watch Dangerously. It? Yeah, they did watch it. Yeah. They appreciated shut up, yeah. shutting up, you kid. You fucking bastards. Shut up, shutting you up, ice kid. You hole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. I want to jump in and tell one Jimmy Cagney story that I heard on a um, commentary track. You know, because I always viewed these old Hollywood actors of not really being about the craft of acting. You know, like the actors that came up after Marlon Brando. But um, on the Mr. Roberts, um, another great movie, oh, Mr. Roberts. That is um, a good one. Oh, my soundtrack, God. Um, Jack Lemmon's talking. He gives a sporadic thing. It's like he only talks periodically. But one thing he was talking about was, you know, how what an arrogant actor he was. You know, Jack Lemmon, who was in um, Some Like It Hot, and how he'd get bored. He was doing a lot of live TV, and he, was, he would get bored with the roles. And he like one role he said um, – what he did was he decided to play it left-handed because he was right-handed just to give himself a challenge. So when he gets, so he goes up to, um, so he get, when he's getting ready to meet, he didn't want to meet Jimmy Cagney. Well, the Ford didn't want him to meet Cagney till their first scene. So when he walks in for his first scene with Jimmy Cagney, Jimmy Cagney like extends his hand and says, got to meet you lemon. Still pretend, still pretending to be left-handed. <laughs> 
So Timmy Cagney had seen the TV show and could tell that he was faking it, you know. But you don't think that a guy like Cagney would be paying attention to those details. I want to say one more thing about those movies uh, because it changed in this movie. They used to use live ammunition with the Tommy guns. Yeah. So they would have a marksman come in and shoot close to the actors. (laughs) and Oh, my God. Okay, so in Angel with Dirty Faces, Cagney said, look – this 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 doesn't seem right. So why don't we do it as a, as a process shot? And the, and they said, fine, we'll shoot you process. We'll have the guy do it. And the guy shot through the windows, and right where Cagney's head was, a big piece of shrapnel came out right where his head was. So they stopped uh, using live ammo. Jeez. But there are, there are movies where they use. Yeah, is that crazy? That's insane. By the way, I was Ensign Pulver in Mr. Roberts the play. I'm just letting you guys know that. That's oh, the best role. That. that is the best role. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Will, Joe, and Brad, what do you got? We were going to each pick a movie, but then I started watching what he had chosen, and I said, I really like this one better than the one I was going to pick. So go ahead, oh, Brad. What were you gonna, well, what were you going to pick? Yeah. I was going to pick um, Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Great. Um, great. But pick. Paul Newman's I, in that, who's yeah. also in Slapshot. One okay, of his good. last uh, <laughs> All related. Oh, darn. We couldn't talk about that more. <laughs> oh, huh? right. Um, so we ended up, so my, my choice was um, A Bronx Tale with um, oh, oh, Terry oh. and Robert De Niro. Excellent. Yeah. Um, really good movie. Um, more along the realistic side, like kind of like a Donnie Brasco was. Um, yeah. Uh, so the kind of the, the quick story of it is that um, nine-year-old boy uh, Robert De Niro uh, son, or well, nine-year-old boy Colodro, Col- 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 I think is his Colosio. Colosio. We we were just gonna call him C because that's right. what he got called. So he's sitting out on his front stoop in the Bronx and and watch and sees Charles Palminteri, Sonny, um, gangster, shoot somebody. Right in, right in front of him in the street over kind of look what looks like a argument over a parking space. Um, and the boy's father is Robert De Niro, who amazingly is not a gangster. It's not a monster it's in this only, movie. It's but he is Robert De Niro yeah, movie. But I love that because he he's so good in this, really. He also directed, a, right? He directed. Yeah. 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 Um, who really who directed? Chaz? De Niro. De Niro. No, Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. I thought Chaz no, Ch- no. no, Chaz Ch- Palminteri wrote, wrote it. This. He wrote yeah. it. Okay. Actually, okay. It's actually he, based on his life. Right. Actually, he and De Niro wrote the screenplay. This is based, this came out in 93, but this is based on Chaz Palminteri's play. It was a one-man play um, by the same name, A Bronx Tale. And in 1990, De Niro saw it and wanted to get the rights to it because he wanted to make his directorial debut with this movie. So they worked on the script together because um, Palminteri wanted it more closely to align what his one man show was. And, um, and it's actually based, it's based on something that actually happened to him when he was a kid. And um, in fact, his birth name is Colonjuro. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And something else that's interesting. Um, we'll talk more about the actual movie, but Something that's interesting about the movie in and of itself is it makes Chaz. Okay, so Chaz Palminteri first did the one man show, then it was made into a film, then in 2020 it was a musical on Broadway, and he came on. He he didn't play part the part, you know. Bless you. Um, he didn't play the part in every 
show, but he played it a number of times. So as a result, he holds um, the, the uh, it's not even a record, but he is the only person to have appeared in a play of the show, the movie of the show, and the Broadway musical of the same show playing the same character. So that's pretty cool. But De Niro is just fabulous in this. Chess Palminteri is fantastic. The guy who plays C, the well, he was a boy at the time, um, 17, um, was uh, Lilo Brancato. <laughs> and he was really good in the role. But then he unfortunately got into drugs and... There's a great documentary he, on that guy. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. And then he... Um, Actually, in the early, probably around 2004, 2005, he was um, with someone else who killed a police officer. So then he went to prison for a while yeah. and he supposedly has been trying to make a comeback, has supposedly gotten his stuff together, said he's been clean and sober. Yeah, that was his first um, role, right? That yes. was his first role. And he was he was great in it. And De Niro was good, but De Niro, it, it, it was Chaz Palminteri's pic, uh, picture and the kid's picture. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely the, without the performances a doubt were great I, yeah. what i love about that movie is they humanize the mob boss right like a father mm-hmm. figure to the kid and then they do that graphic scene with the bikers when they're in the bar right. and they just wail yeah. on them and mm-hmm. it's like the contrast between the father figure and the gangster it's like mm-hmm. you know and he saved mm-hmm. the kid's cool. life too he ended yeah. up saving well, the kid's and, life and he would and and just momentary you know he would um um as sunny he would always you know, he, he kept saying stuff in front of Robert De Niro, like, well, my son, my kid, De Niro would say, he's not your son. Right. He's not your kid. And he would be all nice to the guy to, you know, see the kid. But then there were times in which, like, he made sure that he let De Niro know, you know, don't get out of line because I'll kill right. you. You know? Well, you know, at the same time, I, I really found it interesting because he really was looking out for the kid. He was he really mm-hmm. sort of did treat him like a father. And in the end, it, it's I found it fascinating that he and Robert De Niro really wanted the same thing for the kid. Yeah, right. because he he did not want um, him to get into the mob. You know, he's like he's like, you're not you're not cut out for this. I don't want you doing, you know. And, um, and Sonny didn't want him in the That's mob. what I mean. That's oh, what I'm okay. saying. Yeah. Sonny was, but then, well, of course, but the Denier, father would have right. been yeah. to. But, um, but even Sonny was saying, kept saying that. And, was, and then De Niro I mean, pit his respects at the end. Of course, he ended up saving his life in the end. Yeah. Right. Out of that car that ended and what up. He, wow. What was the line? Was, oh, yeah. Open the door. Always open the door for the girl. But there was something else he said. Oh, he said. Um, if she goes, if she opens the lock for you, then that's. She's a she keeper. If she doesn't do it, then you're done. Yeah. Dump her. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he said, really? Dump her? He said, dump her. That's the test. Dump her. And, and she opened said, the door you, and he smiled. You're lucky you get three good women in your life. Right. <laughs> but when she, she unlocked the, the door, he smiled. He had that little smile yeah. on his face. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, that's and a good actually, pull, too. And um, actually, playing that role as the real little kid was um, Francis Capra. And he was in things like Veronica Mars. He um, He's played in a lot of a lot of different roles. Um, but... But he's bald now, so he he's wasn't. Bald, he's bald. Yeah, he's and he bald. has some face tattoos. You got to yeah. say that in front of Ralph, really? Whoa, Joe! What's that, What's that all about? <sighs> That's weird. Ralph's not uh, bald. He just wears a hat. Wait, this was Ralph. <laughs> looks like Bob I really did love. All this right, movie so no, I, but I do like. Humanizing. You talk about a trope. The trope. Uh, it's a you know, it's like Goodfellas is the same thing where the kid really idolizes the gangsters, mm-hmm. and the mother's all upset. Even The Sopranos. You know, Tony's whole thing was to keep his kid out 
and he's right. a good father who's doing these brutal, brutal things. Yet he's still trying to raise two kids. And, uh, you know, it's 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 good. Good stuff. Good one. Uh, all right, Drew. Well, speaking of The Sopranos, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for um, the prequel what is it called um, Saints of New Jersey Saints or something. Yeah. Work or something. Yeah. Saints of Network, which is a, a prequel of to The Sopranos written by David Chase, I think directed by him. Tony Soprano's young character is played by James Gandolfini's son. It really sounded like a movie that I mean, who needs to see that? It what's the I saw the trailer. It actually looks like it could be something. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious. I, I agree with that. It looks yeah, really, uh, really good. Vera Farmiga. How do you say her name? Vera Farmiga. Yeah, it's got Vera a great Farmiga cast. It's playing his Ray mother. in it, right? Yeah, she yeah, plays his, that the character of the mother and the monstrosity of the mother. Um, oh, the one that, that tried to whack most, Tony. That's yeah, yeah that's yeah. The, the the whole thing where at the end of the I think it was the end of the first season she's uh, being rushed into the hospital. She yeah. got an oxygen mask on and she's laughing at him. Right. No. Really, I mean, I, I I think David Chase has, has David some Chase. big shoes to fill, but I think David Chase Marsh on to play yeah, that. But right? that's David Chase, Marsh on, right? I think based it on his mother or just oh, he definitely he had about his mother. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and there's yeah. another actor, the kid from uh, I know I don't know this guy's name, but I like him. The kid in Jurassic Park three played Billy in Jurassic Park three. The kid who stole the eggs. I don't even know the actor's name. He was also in the the. the I don't uh, think that one was a good one. I don't think. I yeah, no, no, I know, I know. No, no, no. But the one. point is, the actor. He was also in the um, the HBO film about Bernie Madoff. He played one of Madoff's kids, and he's uh, he's Talk got about a big gangsters. Yeah, he's got a big role in this uh, in in the the prequel. So it looks interesting. Anyway, what do you got, Drew? Well, this is one of those categories that's really wide. And I, oh, I sat no. down and I was like, all right, I've narrowed it down to 40 different movies <laughs> all over the world, a bunch of different languages and eras. And what am I going to pick? And then I said, um, I think I'll pick a movie that's both an excellent gangster movie, but also has a lot to say about gangster movies. But you don't have to read it that way if you don't want to, because it's just a great movie. And um, I don't know why um, Sean earlier used the word freaking. When this movie says fuck and cunt and all sorts of crazy stuff because it's the Oscar nominated performance of Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast oh. in 2000, <laughs> which is a really extraordinary movie. Um, it's uh, the, the three main uh, performances in the movie are Ray Winstone as Gal, the retired gangster, and um, uh, Ben Kingsley as Don Logan, who comes to recruit him for one last job. Again, lots of these tropes and everything in these Did movies. You see this? Yeah, we saw and uh, Ian McShane, who a lot of people know from things like Deadwood, he plays Teddy Bass, who's the gangster who who mm-hmm. sends Ben Kingsley's character to go and recruit him. And uh, it's I hadn't forgotten. I hadn't seen it in a long time. It's not even an hour and a half. It's yeah. Jonathan Glazer's first movie. Jonathan Glazer is a guy who came up in making uh, music videos. I don't know if kids today know that there used to be a whole industry where a song would come out and it would be a hit and you'd make a short video to go with it. And that would be a big part of it. So he did the, I mean like incredible videos like virtual insanity by Jamiroquois and street spirit and um, karma police for Radiohead, a bunch of stuff for massive attack, like really major stuff. And a lot of people came out of music videos into Hollywood jobs and a lot of people come out of advertising uh, to Hollywood. And, you know, that's that's a perfectly legitimate way to come into the business. But sometimes people are really, really distinct as filmmakers. And Jonathan Glazer is one of those guys. He's only made three movies so far. And the movie um, has the movie has an interesting uh, atmosphere to it. Right. Because it takes well, place on a Greek an island. I don't know the island. Well, that's, I don't know. 
that's the that's the whole thing that that drew me to this movie and ultimately to his other movies is the 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 atmosphere of them the feel of them um uh ray winstone's character gal not gal gadot just gal he uh (laughs) has retired from being a gangster in crappy gray london and he lives in a house in spain a beautiful white house with his wife and his best friend and his his best friend's wife come and they hang out and they have dinner and they eat calamari and everything's relaxing. And the very first scene of the movie, he's uh, by the pool and he's tanning and he's, uh, you know, chubby and and turning red and a boulder comes down off the hill and nearly (laughs) misses him and lands in the pool, which is not subtle foreshadowing of what's about to happen to the rest of his life. Because when (laughs) Don Logan shows up, he's much more than a boulder. Um, he's so menacing too. Ben Kingsley is so quietly menacing, you know, you just, until he's not, until he's not well, quiet. Well, then yeah. the rage comes out. No, but I'm saying it's the whole, you just, you know, there's something there and, and, and Weinstone, Weinstone knows it, right? He knows what this guy's all about. So you can tell he's trying to figure this out too, as he's going. And then it's, it's really good. Well, that's a big thing of the movie is that all of these characters have history with each other. Yeah. And their history crashes into each other. And you're, it's not hard to have sympathy for, for Gal. Um, he's the main character. He's retired. I mean, he's retired from being a criminal. And, you know, that's not necessarily anything admirable, but he's retired. He's built a small life where he's happy. It's not that small because he's got a fine home and has fine meals and, you know, drinks wine and, and has a beautiful, simple life and everything. But, um, when Ben Kingsley shows up and blows up his life and you see it, get blown up over time more and more and more it 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 becomes this crazy atmosphere that extends across two different cities all these different characters and there's even a a a david mamet feel to the dialogue um because everything is repeated over and over it's very profane um the fact that ben kingsley who won an oscar for playing gandhi um and was the accountant in schindler's list plays so against type and is so good is really very striking to watch and it's very entertaining. And what's funny is that it is a, it is definitely a gangster movie. It's about a mobster who gets pulled back in for one last job. What's funny is that the way that it plays with those expectations, like the whole thing is we like, why would you send uh, Don Logan to go pick up Gal if, if Gal didn't have some skill that you needed? But the heist that they need him for is basically nonsense. I mean, there's no plan. There's no anything special. It's not like he turns out to be a safe cracker. He might as well be the safe cracker in Army of the Dead or something. It doesn't take any special skill to twir- twiddle a knob type of thing, but it's even more ridiculous. Let's drill from a bathhouse into a into a bank vault, but let's not drain the pool because that would be easier. <laughs> exactly. And then, I mean, like the whole thing. The whole thing is just ridiculous. But the um the thing that that's really powerful about the movie, like like Ralph mentioned, is the is the atmosphere. And with Jonathan Glazer's movies, either you'll get into that vibe as soon as it starts or you won't. Uh, his next movie was Birth, where Nicole Kidman plays a woman whose husband has died. And one day she's running in Central Park and a, I don't know, 10, 11 year old kid stops her and says he's her husband reincarnated. And it is really disturbing and really well done because you really don't know what's going on. And I highly recommend that one. And then 10 years after that, Jonathan Glazer made what I think is so far his best movie, although both of them are excellent, which is Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson as a woman who's prowling, who's prowling around, I think it's Edinburgh, Scotland, picking up young men and then, I guess, processing them into food for aliens. And just oh. describing that, you have, you have no, it's based on a novel, which is an excellent novel, but 
it, you, you, when you see that movie, you go, that's a Jonathan Glazer movie. When you see this movie, you go, that's a Jonathan Glazer movie. And the other thing that's neat about the movie is that the two guys who wrote it also wrote the same year, Gangster Number 1, which is another excellent, excellent British gangster movie. It was one of Paul Bettany's first roles. Uh, and it's famous for, it's very violent, but there's a scene where Paul Bettany beats a guy to death and there's blood everywhere and it's extremely violent and graphic, as you would expect in these movies, except you're the guy getting beaten to death. Paul Bettany is battering the camera. So you're the one whose blood is spraying on him. You're the one who's suffering. You're the, and it's like, that sounds, whoa, that's not, that's a lot. It's so immersive. It's really upsetting. It's really well done. So Sexy Beast uh, still has all of its power. It's still, it's, it's got a lot of stuff that's funny. It's got a lot of stuff that's crazy. And it's very, 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 very profane. Well, and that's and, a good thing. Yeah. And, and, and we talked about Bob Hoskins earlier in The Long Good Friday. And him, him and Kinsley, Kingsley have kind of the same. They're very prideful guys. You can tell mm-hmm. that there's a lot simmering under there. And a lot of it has to do with pride and how their people look at them. And it, you know, it's how they, how they're going to react to that and why some of the actions they're doing is because of their own pride, which, uh, well, that's true. I mean, the, the most honest that Don Logan, that Ben Kingsley's character is with other people in the whole movie is when he talks to himself in the mirror when he's shaving and you, you realize how, um, he as a person is so angry and broken and just wants to be loved and all these other things that you don't feel a lot of sympathy for him because he's so horrible. Yeah. And some of that feeds into the other thing in the movie, which is it's got some very surreal tendencies. It's not a surreal movie or a surrealist movies, but a surrealist movie, but there are a couple of elements that you see for a moment or two that you're like, I don't know what is happening. And that's good (laughs) because you don't know if it's a dream, if it's reality as all the way to the end, I won't spoil anything, but there's, there's just, it doesn't let, up and it's very satisfying and um i mean my god ben kingsley ray winstone and ian mcshane alone are worth the price of admission yeah you know it's funny that i was when i was researching um long good friday i was actually trying to find it at a couple different sites Mm -hmm. and every every place i looked at for it and didn't find it they would have people who looked for this also looked for Sexy beast. It yeah. was like mm-hmm. the second. No, they're, they're, that's what I mean. Yeah. They're kind of, you know, the, the main characters are kind of similar. Similar. Yeah. Um, oh, there was there one. was one line. There was one line I, I meant to mention this because it reminded me of the discussion that we had of, of Donnie Brasco and the stuff that Kenji Gallo, our guest, told us. And stuff that's familiar in, across a lot of these movies. But there's a line where uh, at first Don Logan is trying to convince Gal. It becomes violent after that, but he's trying to convince him. And he says... Uh, how much money he's going to make. And then he says, it's not about the money with you and me, is it, gal? It's the charge. It's the bolt. It's the buzz. It's the sheer fuck offness of it all. Am I right? And the sheer fuck offness that that freedom to be a gangster, that that's what makes Don Logan the monster that he is, that that's what Gal is trying to escape, that that's what infuses all of these characters. I can do whatever I want. That's that's all of them. That's yep. Tony Soprano. That's that's the heat. That's a famous that's line in heat. That's all those things. It's yeah. all about the juice. It's about the right. juice. <laughs> that's everything. Yeah. And this movie, this movie is a very a sort of different angle on um, gangster movies and gangster tropes and um, on the whole thing. And also, there's really nothing quite like it. So, yeah, good one. You know, Ralph, you brought up um, heat. Yeah. That was another choice, but I decided that that wasn't a gangster movie. That, that was a caper movie. Well, again, okay. Well, we'll talk a about a heist movie. We'll talk about something. A heist in a second. movie. Yeah. All right. Before I give mine, uh, we do this all the time because there's so many. Are there any uh, 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 runner-ups that you might have wanted to pick? We've heard a couple of them, but throw Road out some other Perdition. ones. Just quick ones. Road <laughs> to Perdition is one. Scarface. Uh, Scarface. Yeah. Yeah. I considered uh, New Jack City. 
<laughs> that is a great gangster movie. Yeah. And I also considered um, there's a movie called The Raid That's that only yeah. got made because the director who made The Raid, which is an excellent action film, really wanted to make The Raid 2, which he had a different <laughs> title. And he, when The Raid was a big hit, he got the money he needed to see to do The Raid, which is an Indonesian movie, which is like it's incredibly broad, gorgeous gangster movie. So you just there's so much stuff around the world. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I'll throw three out that I Mad Dog and Glory. That's Bill Murray. Oh, playing Bill Murray, Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. Robert De Niro not playing a gangster. Bill Murray playing right. a gangster. Uma Thurman. I guess it's a girlfriend that they he gives to Robert yeah. De Niro or something mm-hmm. to watch. Analyze this. The other Robert De Niro and Bill. I Christ almost kind of I, I considered that. One that would have been a good pick. And uh, Layer Cake with uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Craig. Daniel yeah. Craig. Which is which is got a great ending, got an interesting ending, and it's uh, uh he does a real nice job in that one. Well, you yeah. mentioned Daniel Craig in uh, in Road to Perdition, which I think Road to Perdition is 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 an okay movie, but yeah. Daniel Craig is terrifying yeah. in that movie. I mean, he is so villainous. Yeah. I remember seeing him in other things for a while afterwards that I I almost couldn't shake how evil he was. So yeah. he's so you know what? It's a big explosion for him. When I saw Layer Cake. You know, when he was announced to be James Bond, a lot of people were highly critical. But I'm like, you know, I had seen Layer, layer Cake, and I said, he's going to make a great James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, he's and, all physical presence. It's just his presence. And I really liked at the end, he's like, yeah, I'm getting through all of this because it's his voiceover. And he goes, and I, yeah, and you never even heard my name. You know, he thought he yeah. was so slick and all. But that was another one of those great English gangster films. The English gangster films tend to be really rich in characters. Sure. And this was one where it was all these characters who all had a history, you know, and, you know, and they're rubbing up against each other again. You don't know quite what's going on, you know. So um, Layer Cake is, is another film. And I, was, I wasn't sure whether to include that as a gangster film. I don't know why either. It's, but um, I think that's my second favorite British gangster film. Yeah. Consider that one a dessert film. Yeah, it was right. uh, my pick. Nice. Of course, I own a laser disc at this one. 1956, uh, the third, I think it's Stanley Kubrick's third film called oh. The Killing. Oh, yeah. Great, great movie. Okay. Classic. And this is a horse race uh, heist. Nice. It's a heist film uh, with various gangsters. Sterling Hayden plays the main guy. Um, I don't know all the actors, but there's some, there's some, I mean, it's, it's a, it, uh, directed by Kubrick, written, the dialogue was written by James Thompson, right? Yeah. Um, Give it a real, uh, 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 you know, uh, film noir feel. Um, and it's a, it's a gangster heist, but it's the way he shoots it. He's got some innovative shots in there. He does these great panning across an apartment as someone's talking in the apartment. Um, and he films it in uh, different timelines. So, you, you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll do a scene and the narrator will say at three o'clock, Bob walked down the street and he knew he had to get to the, to the racetrack at a certain time. And he knew he had to do, and then they go. And then at the same time, you cut back, it's 12 o'clock. And one of the other guys that's in the heist is doing this other thing. And they show some scenes from different perspectives. So you're going and seeing other stuff. And it's kind of uh, the precursor to what Tarantino did in Pulp Fiction, you know, where you're seeing different uh, angles of the same thing. It, I thought Tarantino said uh, like Reservoir Dogs was his his version it, of this. It may be. It may yeah. be. I mean, I can see that just the, yeah. based on the way they all sat around and talked about the yeah. heist that they were going to. I just names. found, listen, I, I'm not a like, I don't know all of Sterling Hayden's uh, oh, repertoire. I know he was supposed to play Quint. 
yeah. uh, in Jaws, but because of tax reasons, he couldn't do it. And, right. You know, uh, I just found him to be super powerful in this film. I mean, it's very, it's a very, it's normally a film I wouldn't like because it's, it's very stagey and it's very, you know, you know, gangsters is there's a guy, uh, a little wimpy guy married to the, to the mall, this blonde lady who's just abusing the shit out of him. Yeah. Lisa and, Cook's character. Okay. I don't know again. And, 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 gangster and Vince Edwards is in it too. So she plays that woman's boyfriend and Harry, I think, no, George spills the beans to his wife who then spills the beans to Jane, uh, to Edwards. And it's all how everybody's, um, uh, you know, uh, getting on each other. Uh, to the point where George, the wimp, ends up basically shooting everybody and killing everybody by accident. It's all an accident. But the best part of the film, if you haven't seen it, it's Sterling Hayden. Just like um, the film we were talking about, um, what was the film where the, where the one guy gets away with all the money? It's the one that was just streaming that we hated. I can't, I can't remember the... Uh, oh, no. Uh, that's the other one we <laughs> no, hated. The, dead, the, the, movie. The, the zombie movie. No, 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 no. The one, I'm sorry. I can't, uh, um, Jason Statham, Jason Statham playing the the uh, wrath of man. Wrath of man. Okay. So it's Sterling Hayden ends up with the $2 million and the whole thing is him trying to get out of the airport and he doesn't want to put the bag in baggage claim. He wants to bring it on the plane and they're not letting him bring it on the plane. (laughs) And what ends up happening is he goes, all right, forget it. Just put it in the baggage thing. And it's when they have to wait outside at the airport to get on. And you see that you see this wobbling suitcase. And, and a dog runs out in front of the thing and the guy has to swerve and the, and the money just pours all over the runway. <laughs> but the best part of it is Sterling Hayden as he's leaving the, now he's been in jail for five years and he doesn't want to go back. And the last shot is him. These two detectives come out and his, his girlfriend goes, come on, we got to get away. And he goes, what's the point? And that's the end. <laughs> the end. And it's got a very dark, nobody, everybody, most of them died. Uh, and Sterling Haynes end up going back to jail. But it's just Kubrick. I think, like I said, it was his third film. Yeah. And it's very assured. And the stuff, the, the shots he was doing um, and the dialogue written by James Thompson, it's a real kind of in its time gangster film. You keep talking about James Thompson. What else did he do that we would know? I mean, uh, he's, he's a great pulp writer. He's a pulp writer. Did he write uh, Shorty? No, that was. No, 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 no. What's the one? He wrote, that, the, he wrote yeah. the Grifters. Yeah, the Grifters. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what's the one movie. that um, uh, Ben Affleck's brother did? Casey uh, Affleck. What Casey Affleck movie? did. Oh, uh, um, hit you in the. F- there was. It's a pretty gruesome. It's very gruesome. Gone baby, yeah. gone. No, no. It's 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 a pulpy. It's a pulp thing. James Thompson's a pulp writer. Yeah. Um. So it's just. Um. Trashy. Trashy. Yeah. Yeah. Trashy. Oh, okay. Like uh, quick turnover. Mm-hmm. Um. um kind of like a film noir, but. But mm-hmm. in like really fast written books, okay. Killer Inside so, Me. That's the one. Kill, that's right. Killer Inside Me. That's have a great have, book. Uh, it's a great book. But have, have, have do you guys know of any female gangster movies? There is. Yeah, um, the one with uh, James. Uh, the um, Bound. Bound's a good yeah, one. Bound. Yes, Bound's a good one. You should watch. Yeah, they're Bound. not. They're not. Oh, there's a gangsters mall, but well, the, there's a the lot. Of Jane, uh, wife. What's her name? Gina Rowland. Gina Rowland. Gloria. 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 It's called Gloria. Gloria. Uh, she plays the wife of a gangster, I think, and um, and has to save a kid from getting murdered by the mob. Well, there was a recent movie where that came out like two years ago about like three wives of gangsters or husbands. Or oh, kids. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just saw. Yeah, where the, the husband goes out and gets killed and she has to yeah. protect her. You know, Is that the one with Viola Davis? I'm not sure. Oh, that. 
Oh, yeah, you're talking about, yeah, you, that is the one that, that uh, you were talking about, where yeah. they end up, they end I, up doing I, the I bank robbery. It was like three or four women. Liam Neeson's yeah. in that as well. How did it do? It didn't not, do well. Not I well. think it was early COVID, maybe, or like yeah. right. Well, know. it also wasn't very good, so. Yeah. But this is, I mean, but again, the dialogue is very kind of, you know, it's, it, it is what Widows. it is. It's a gangster. Yeah, Widows is the one that you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. um, and there's I also, just, I think, the Kitchen was a Melissa McCarthy movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. We women that, that rob banks and stuff that they weren't bad because they were about women. They just weren't. It's all about the Benjamins. Wasn't that, weren't they bank robbers or something? Yeah. Set it off. Yeah. Well, I liked, uh, Lorraine Bracco in, uh, in good, in, uh, Goodfellas. I mean, she was a great gangster's, you know, wife. Uh, but anyway, Sterling Hayden, I just thought was, uh, Dr. Strangelove. He was great in that Jack T. Ripper. Yeah. That's Sterling Hayden. That movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he the, was killing the, is, the Killing is also such a great film noir. Like there are movies that are the ultimate classic film noir where everybody is doomed, especially the lead character by his own decisions, usually by a woman or doomed by someone else's woman, that sort of thing. And so you have this and you have um, Point Blank, a Double Indemnity and Point Blank and all these movies, Key Largo, all these movies that are oh. just, and this is like top of the form on so many different categories. Of One movies. of the best film film noir films was a Sterling Hayden film, Crossfire, which we recently right. called, where he's like this um, mm-hmm. GI or who's like a violent, you know, anti-Semite, you know, who kills, who kills a guy and they have to hunt him down, figure out who did it. Now, what I think would be a great movie. I thought that was Robert Ryan. Would be a vampire. Was Robert Young. Robert Ryan. Robert Young. There, is, there is there there is a vampire gangster film, and it was called, not a great oh. film. What was no, it, it wasn't called yeah, Innocent, uh, Innocent Blood. Anthony LaPaglia. Yeah, yeah, he was good. And uh, Ann Parade. What's her name? Yeah, and Ann Perio. Ann Perio. And the guy who killed those people. Actually, Anthony LaPaglia. What was that movie with Ali Sheedy? Oh, was was the father of the bride? Where he played the gangster? Yeah, that he was great. That. Uh, I respect her very much. It was a comedy, but he was really good at it. it well, Married funny. to the Mob. With Married Alec to the Mob is another great the, one. I mean, yeah. there's so many. They just, uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Departed, another one. That's I think that's sort the of. The Departed. The Departed. The Departed. Great Boston accents. But, uh, the world needs more bartenders. We all talk like Cliff on Cheers, every one of us. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that was, <laughs> listen, most of these, most of these themes that were most of these categories are so rich. Like that's, that's part of what makes this so fun because it really does. Like half of these, I wouldn't eat like some like it hot. Never would have thought about it that as a gangster film. Um, and it's just nice to hear all these other, you know, especially when you start talking about ones we didn't even pick because there's so many. It's just, it's so rich. So. Anyway, um, should we see what the next one's going to be? Oh, yeah. Heck. Very exciting. We got two weeks to think about it. That's right. <laughs> Good. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yes! Oh, oh, so happy about this one. Pink. No, I not rape movies. Team movies. I'm choosing Porky's. No. Porky's? No, I know it's you're my movie. <laughs> Porky's is a teen movie. <laughs> it is. Oh my god. Oh god. Even though everybody who's oh. in it is like thirty. That's well, right. I mean, look at Greece. Everyone <laughs> in it who's thirty. I mean, there are so many of those. Reform school girls. It is. 
Oh, <laughs> Rock and roll high school. Teen comedies. God. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. About a rich yes, you got genre. a couple weeks. You got a couple weeks to bring them in. So, I don't know what I'm going to pick. It's just so <laughs> distressing. I can't, I can't even bring, imagine. I can't bring Booksmart. I'll have to find something else. <laughs> well, whatever. We have teen mobster movies. <laughs> Bugsy. So as, long, as long as it's a comedy. Bugsy Malone. Yeah. All right, everybody. Good job. Yeah. So we'll see nice. you for the next one. We'll nice. be doing Thanks. teen comedies. Everybody, you kid. Stay safe. Have a good couple of weeks, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Excellent. Everyone, stay safe. Oh, subscribe. Oh yeah. This subscribe. is classic <laughs> stuff. I'm glad. Hit the notification. Share it for the almost missed it, John. Good. Almost missed your cue, Don. Saved John. And trust me, John. If they were, the if they're brothers. still listening now. They've already subscribed. That's yeah. true. If they're this far in, we don't have I to. Think we we've earned, to I think we've earned clicking that uh, subscribe button, don't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Do us I all agree. a favor. I well, agree. on Twitter, I constantly say, please help, uh, help out our podmaster, Ralph, yeah. who gauges his self-esteem by the number of subscribers. <laughs> you should also say, since since everyone on the show doesn't like our podcast, maybe you will. Yeah, I, I just want to know how you guys are going to dress for the team co- teen comedies next week. This will be fun. Well, if it's Porky's, I know how I'm dressing. <laughs> okay, so all right, well, it's week after next. That's right? right. Have a good two weeks. Yes, right. You are correct. Okay. You got two weeks to think about it. That's right. So should be plenty okay. of time. Or if you're a dog, it's in two days. Okay. <laughs> yeah, practically every teen comedy that I grew up with <laughs> couldn't be made today. You know? <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about that in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.